Hello again, everyone, and welcome into the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast. The regular season is underway, so we've finally gotten to see this new look team in action. This is episode five of the podcast, and I'm excited. I'm really excited about this one. I knew this one would have to make the cut. So over the summer, the Pacers unveiled their NBA Pride uniform, and it is brilliant. In an agreement with MGM Studios, the Pacers will wear the Hickory uniforms from the movie Hoosiers. It's a five-year agreement, and this season, the Pacers plan to wear the uniforms in 10 games, six being at home. The uniforms are very similar to the ones in the movie, with the biggest difference, of course, being the length of the shorts. Adidas here even tried to replicate the belt loops, but that prototype was scratched for obvious reasons. Today on the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast, I'm joined by Pacers exec Todd Taylor. He oversees all things sales and marketing within the organization. He'll share how the idea was developed, why it's a perfect fit, and how Hickory Game Nights at Bankers Life Fieldhouse will look different. Plus, and you're welcome Pacer fans, Taylor will hint at when the team might get new uniforms. Hey, I welcome all of your feedback, of course. It could be on Twitter, at Scott Agnes, or feel free to email me, scott, at vigilantsports.com. Without further ado, let's get into this week's podcast with Todd Taylor. It's another busy week at Bankers Life Fieldhouse, but I guess what week isn't busy here with so many events, the Pacers season back in the fold fever just ending. We're pleased now to be joined by the Senior VP and Chief Sales and Marketing Officer, Todd Taylor of the Pacers. Todd, appreciate you making time out of your day to join me here. Great. Thank you for having me, Scott. I appreciate it. Before we get into everything Hickory, because that's, that's the primary concern of this conversation, it's a, it's a big story surrounding the buzz that are the Pacers, I think, in part right now, and I want to get into that more with you. Uh, here shortly. But first, just briefly touch on your history and what brought you here to the Pacers. I know a couple stints with baseball teams were previous to this stop. Absolutely. Yeah, I grew up in Ohio originally, so yeah, I got a little taste of uh, Indiana basketball and, and sort of the craziness that surrounds the game. So uh, I, I grew up just actually uh, on the other side of the border with Ohio, uh, just north of Dayton, Ohio, Sydney. And uh, my first job actually was in hockey. So I was the first ticket sales, sweet sales person hired for the Columbus Blue Jackets, the NHL team in, in Columbus. Uh, you know, from there, I actually uh, had my first NBA stint with the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, and really, that was an opportunity for me to leave my home state and really find out if I could make my way in the sports career. And it turned out to be probably the best decision that I made. It allowed me to, to really uh, learn how to sort of navigate this industry and, and look for opportunities and, and break away from your comfort zone. So I look back on that very fondly. But then I jumped from the NBA into to Major League Baseball and actually worked with two teams. Uh, first, the Milwaukee Brewers. I was there for five seasons and then had the great opportunity to go down to the Texas Rangers um, between their two World Series runs. So it was a, quite quite a, a highlight of my career being able to, to sort of go through the, that experience around the World Series. And then, uh, fortunately, I got a call from uh, Rick Fusen and Jim Morris, and they were looking for someone to take a take the lead on the sales and marketing side of the business here at the Pacers. So it was a great opportunity for my family to move back very close to where we were uh, where we're from originally, and then also work uh, work at such a great franchise with a great ownership. Um, certainly around a, a sport that is so critical to the state. I think one thing that strikes me is how how you've done it the path because you've hit on various other sports. It's not like basketball has been it. You did hockey, which I couldn't. I would think that's incredibly difficult, and then baseball, and then now basketball. You know, at their core, most of the businesses are, are the same, at least on the business side. You know, obviously, each of them have uh, a little bit of their own niche and the way that you'd market or the fan bases that are tied to it. But you know, mechanically, they're all very similar. You know, it's, it's really about uh, creating an environment where people want to 
be a part of it. So obviously, if they're excited about the game experience, um, then they're going to come down here. And if they come down here, they're buying tickets. And the more tickets that we have, then you know, we have greater sponsorship opportunity. And, and ultimately, all that revenue then goes back into the team and getting great players. And, and when you have great players, um, suddenly everybody on the sales and marketing side gets a little bit smarter, yeah. including myself. <laughs> now, I, I dubbed this offseason asset building for this organization. Because first of all, you went out and got the plans going for the St. Vincent Center. And that, that's something that's going to be very special down the road. Then the team went out and purchased the Mad Ants. So now it's a single one-to-one affiliation with the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. This isn't quite on that level, but it, it's created, if not more buzz, is the Hickory uniforms. And the NBA, I know you can go into this, wanted each team to, to design and wear a pride uniform that uniquely connects with the home market. You were the main guy, I think, behind the Hickory uniforms. Take me to that, that boardroom where that was settled upon and what went into that decision. Sure. You know, I, I get a little bit of credit for the actual idea, but, you know, you know as well as I do that it really takes a great group of people to bring any idea to life. So, um, you know, I happen to be the one to toss it out in a brainstorming session, but, you know, there's been tons of people in involved in, in bringing it to the level that it is right now, and we'll take it even further. So um, to take you back a little bit, um, to your point, yes, the NBA does want teams to create other alternative uh, uniform options that really connect with that home market. And as we were sitting around uh, back in December of 2013, you know, we were throwing out a lot of the things that you would think of, you know, is there some tie to the Speedway, or do we uh, celebrate the bicentennial of the state, or you know, do we tap into the agriculture of the community? Um, and and really, almost just by fluke, I said, well, wouldn't it be kind of cool if we could wear uh, the uniforms from Hoosiers, the old Hickory uniforms? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> then we start doing a little bit of research, and, and it's interesting. It takes so long to actually bring a uniform to life by the time that you go through NBA design, and then it has to be TV tested to make sure it's going to look good. Um, and then you have to have it actually created by Adidas and uh, or your uniform manufacturer. And and then uh, you go through three or four different evolutions of that. So um, really, we were actually creating the jersey even back in 13. Uh, the earliest we would have been able to launch it is the 15-16 season. And as we started doing our homework, we actually found out that the 30th anniversary of the film Hoosiers um, actually is uh, is in November of uh, 2016. So it just worked out really well that we were wearing this uniform leading into that celebration. How complicated or difficult would you describe the negotiations or the talk with MGM to get the license to do so? You know, it's been uh, it's been interesting. In, in some ways, it's been difficult, uh, not because of MGM or, or the, the the people that we've been dealing with. They've been great. I think it's just there really isn't a, a blueprint or a roadmap for a partnership like this. You know, when we first went out and met with them, and, and that was shortly after uh, we, we concepted the idea, um, we flew out to L.A. and, and uh, met with them in January of 14. And right away from the start, they thought it was going to be a great idea. They thought it'd be really cool. Um, and the challenge was, you know, where do you start? Um, you know, if <laughs> yeah. somebody else has already done it, it's easy to call them up and say, hey, how did you, uh, how did you guys partner with such and such to, to be able to bring this uniform to life? So um, in many ways, we were really starting from scratch. And, you know, with that, then you have to, after you have the idea and, and you have people saying, okay, this seems like a cool idea. Um, how do we move it forward? Then you have to get the league involved, and then um, then you have to get the the legal side of each side involved. <laughs> of course, don't you? <laughs> you know, and make sure that uh, everything yeah. is protected. And, and certainly, there was good faith in that side of it. But really, the the difficulty um, hasn't really been in, in the creating of the uniform. The NBA was great with that. Um, the design of our relationship. Um, there's been some good cross promotional opportunities, but it's really, like I said, just not having a, a clear path to to start with from the beginning. But the end result, I think, is, as you mentioned, has been pretty terrific. For us. And of course, with the announcement, 
it seemed all too fitting with George Hill to be the one to make the announcement and to model. And it, it just worked out that his hair fit in with the uniform, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. It'd be great if we said that we talked to him and actually had him do that. But, um, you know, George obviously had already uh, dyed his hair nice gold to, to match the uniform. But, no, you know, for us, as soon as we started uh, talking about how to launch it, it was only fitting that, that George would be a big part of that, obviously, being born and raised in Indiana and playing college here and then, um, you know, kind of having his own hickory moment coming from a very small school and, and being drafted by the Spurs and then ultimately landing here with the Pacers. You know, for us, he was the natural face for it. And I think social media responded in a positive way. And, you know, certainly um, in this day and age of very short news cycles, as you know, uh, for, for us to be able to have uh, a couple days front and center was was pretty big for our organization. Yeah, it was a big way for you to capitalize off the offseason. I guess for you guys, there really was a lot going on, but there was a week there where it was pretty quiet and you were, you were able to stay in the news. Take me back. I think it was till February when you said the first prototype how many were there were there any big changes made or, well, there, or did you kind of like what they ultimately presented early on we loved it right from the start yeah. i think there were a, a couple major changes that actually um, you wouldn't normally think of. And, you know, Adidas, when they, they created the uniform, they tried to make it authentic, inspired by the movie. So, you know, obviously the shorts were a little bit shorter in the film Hoosiers than our, our NBA players wear them today. But if you remember from the film, there's actually uh, belt loops on the shorts. So back in the day, you know, there was a belt holding up the, the uniform bottoms. So uh, when Adidas made the first prototype, they included the, the belt loops and they were open belt loops. And then really as we went through and looked at that, that's that's not going to be great on the court because a finger could get caught in there. Mm-hmm. And a, a broken finger on an athlete that uh, teams are paying millions of dollars probably isn't a very smart move on the business side to, to create something like that. So, you know, the first thing was really closing in those belt loops. And then uh, the gold shorts, uh, there was a, a kind of a victory red stripe added down the, the side of the short. And that was really the only design change. But right from the start, the the actual uniform jersey itself was, was perfect almost the first day it was delivered. So uh, it was very simple, but I think um, it reflects very positively on the movie Hoosiers, but I think it's just a really cool look for us to be able to wear. I think one interesting note you, you dropped a couple minutes ago was that it has to be approved for TV air. And why I say that is there's so many, there's a handful of uniforms I can think around the league that I'm like, are we sure that one got approved? Well, how did that one get approved? I can assure you that the NBA does a great job of vetting all of that. Uh, we actually receive some tapes, and uh, after they go through their prototype designs, then they'll actually have models where the uh, uniform's on court. It'll be game lighting, and then uh, basically it's exactly what you would imagine from a model on a runway. They kind of turn around a little bit, and they walk a little bit back and forth. Oh, and and so they're literally modeling it, they, not playing basketball. They are modeling it, yeah, actually right out on the court. So um, yeah, I have no idea if oh, the models are very good. Oh, we need pictures of this. <laughs> yeah, it, it's crazy. It's things you don't think of. You know, I haven't really been involved in the uniform side too much in the past. So for me, it was a great experience and learning. But uh, the things that everyone goes into to, to making it a reality, is it's amazing, the small detail. The Pacers will wear these uniforms for 10 games this season, six times at home. Um, and, and during those six games, it'll be cool. They're going to be dubbed Hickory Nights. I think there's a season or a ticket package if you buy, I think, is it three of the games? You get a free T-shirt. And if maybe if you buy all of them, you get a special Larry Bird jersey as well. Yeah, that's correct. So, um, you know, the big thing around this, obviously, there's a lot of excitement around um, Hoosiers and Hickory and, and, and our partnership there. But really the big thing that we wanted to do was use uh, Hoosiers and Hickory as a platform to be able to tell some of the great stories from, from the game throughout the state of Indiana. Uh, 
So, you know, Hickory Nights really allow us to do that. To your point, you know, we have six home games and we'll honor uh, different groups on each one of those six nights. Obviously, we wouldn't be very good sales and, and marketing people if we didn't offer a <laughs> ticket package along with that. Of course. Um, so there are actually two five-game Hickory plans. Uh, they include three of the Hickory Nights plus a Cleveland Cavaliers game and then either a, a uh, Oklahoma City Thunder or Golden State Warriors game. And you're right, if you buy uh, one of the packages, there's a Hickory t-shirt included. If you buy both of the packages, neither the club or the lower bowl, then there's a, a special edition commemorative Larry Bird Hickory jersey, which is pretty cool since um, he, he really did play the game in high school, and he certainly would, uh, would match that Hoosiers theme. How does that work with him? Do you have to get approval from him? Yeah, absolutely. You know, with Larry, and it, it helps that we can just walk down the hall and talk to him. <laughs> sure. Um, but, yes, if anybody wants to produce anything with Larry Bird, it has to be approved by, you know, the NBA, but also his personal representative. So okay. it, it was really a pretty easy conversation for us, luckily. And, um, you know, he's been so supportive of the whole thing. You know, he went on Dan Patrick and talked about the uniform uh, when it first came out. And I think, um, you know, I, I think what, what everybody has been excited about is sort of, the spirit behind this initiative so um, you know we hear a lot about how great it's going to be with the uniforms we're going to sell a lot of merchandise but truthfully at the end of the day part of the reason we did this was to connect back to the community and and that is telling those stories and really there is no greater legend than Larry Bird so to have him be involved with that and having played basketball here in high school it's just a natural fit the first Hickory Night will be seen nationally on ESPN, which is pretty cool this Friday as the Pacers host the Miami Heat here to Bankers Life Fieldhouse. And part of that, the Indiana Pacers will recognize the city of Crawfordsville, the birthplace of Indiana basketball, and also the first home to the IHSAA state championship team. So there, there's your first tie-in. The two big ones I know everyone are looking forward to, February 24th versus New York. That will be the Crispus Attics High School Night. And then March 15th when Boston's Brad Stevens is back in town, Milan High school i love these kind of nights the one negative if anything was why not do christmas addicts or why not do something that was real i I love the idea i'll put that out there and i think by celebrating these different schools it actually makes it a bigger idea because it celebrates everyone instead of just one team and with the hickory concept behind hoosiers it's an idea the world and especially the united states can get behind as everyone that's a basketball fan knows what hoosiers is you're absolutely right and and i think that's the the challenge and, and sort of today's modern age of technology. You know, um, 10 years ago, we would have been able to create this whole Hickory program. We would have called a press conference. Everybody would have come down, and we would have been able to unveil the uniforms and talk about all of our plans at one time and who we were going to recognize and who we were going to honor. If you go back to... Uh, to you know, July when we first announced the uniform and had uh, you know, George wear it on on social media, the NBA schedule wasn't even out yet, so we couldn't even go ahead and layer on games that we would wear Hickory or not. But really, the challenge was how can you keep something like that a secret long enough to make it impactful? So really, we had to do it in, in multiple stages. First, just being able to get the uniform out there so that there was a big buzz around it. And our plans all along were to honor a lot of different people. We had talked about you know addicts and. Milan and you know who else could we potentially honor and and really when we came down to it we felt like the the Hickory uh, platform was so large that we could honor a lot of people not just one while addicts would be very very meaningful to the state of Indiana or Milan um, at the end of the day it would be a limited boost that that would get and that story would be told very briefly and then it would disappear Um, Hickory because it is so well known across the United States but also around the globe it allows us a higher profile to be able to tell some of these stories that might might not otherwise be able to get the same traction that it would Uh, I think people would love 
if we would honor a specific team. But at the end of the day, we have an opportunity to do so many great things with so many either players or teams or individuals or administrators or even just a civilian out there that might have done something great in their basketball community. It might be you know, some little old lady in, in some uh, outpost of basketball somewhere that had the first concrete pad in the neighborhood <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. let all the neighborhood boys and girls go there and play. So, um, you know, I, I think there has been a little bit of criticism, but I think part of that was um, people now immediately can respond real time and they don't have all the details when they start to respond. And then as it starts to sort of transpire, people then either go, okay, well, they did that in response to the, the um, pushback that they received or it was there all along. It sort of depends on, on where you fall in that spectrum. Got to believe merchandise sales have gone over well. I think they've been going for two months strong. Jerseys first shipped out this week um, and they'll be available in the gift shop Friday. Yeah, that's the plan. So that's been, uh, you know, the other thing is when you bring on a new jersey online, you know, they're, they're produced in, uh, in faraway places. So trying to get them here in time to, to be able to have it. We're very fortunate the first game is national, nationally televised this Friday, um, but that's pretty early in the season for us to be able to get all of our uh, apparel in. So it has been strong so far. I think uh, last check from Gary Nelson, it was uh, so far 41 states have purchased Hickory Gear, cool. seven countries. That's really cool. Um, so, you know, it, it is pretty widespread. It also shows how many people either um, really love uh, Hoosiers and Hickory or uh, how many transplants we have from Indiana that are populating the rest of the United States. Yeah, and Gary Nelson's doing a great job down there. There's a player in number t-shirt, I think, for everyone. The starting five, uh, I believe, will all have a jersey. There's lanyards, great hats, some that don't even have the Pacers logo, which which is cool as well. Just the, the simplistic, clean look is, is a nice touch. Well, and what's been really fun for us is it, it is so dramatically different than our blue and gold. You know, obviously there's a lot of equity in the, the Pacers blue and gold and our primary marks, but um, there aren't very many teams out there that have an alternate jersey that they would wear on a, a regular basis that is such a stark contrast to what would normally be worn. I mean, now we're wearing victory red tops and very, very gold shorts. And uh, what's great about that is we're actually going to change out the building on those hickory nights. So it's a lot of work, but it's one of those things where people um, are really behind the idea. So um, you'll see uh, uh, Jerry Horn and his group changing out all the banners in the entry pavilion. Um, so uh, when you walk in, it will all look hickory. It will not look pacers. And actually, um, you'll even see Boomer with a little bit new of a design. So uh, if you remember Gold Boomer from Playoffs Pass. <laughs> of course, how there, could you not? There will now be a Hickory yeah. Boomer. So we're taking the theme pretty far, but it's really fun for us. And it's six games uh, for, for this year, four on the road. Uh, when we're at home, you know, it's going to look like a completely different building. But that, that really adds to the fun, I think. What kind of feedback have you heard from the league or, or other teams are like, man, what a, what a great idea, Todd. Yeah. Well, you know, it's been nice um, because usually, uh, I already alluded to it on the sales and marketing side, a lot of the opportunity we have is, is really from the team performance. And and it, it is a business where if you play well, then you have a lot of opportunities and you can do some cool things. I think what's fun for our organization, our players, um, from everybody from top to bottom, is this type of idea really isn't tied to team performance. I, I think the spirit behind the idea is something that everyone can get behind. And then there's a lot of fun because it isn't necessarily dependent on wins and losses. Um, and because of that, I think uh, we've had a lot of good feedback from teams. And, and I think um, and when I say this, I mean this um, as positive as can be. It's a little bit of jealousy. I know I would be jealous and I received some of that feedback as well because very rarely did teams get the opportunity to bring an idea to life that is, uh, that is really, really cool, really big and grasped by a lot of people that want to be a part of it without it being tied to a championship or um, acquisition of a top five player. One thing, you don't need to touch on this because I don't want to get you in trouble or anything, but so many of the pride jerseys are just awful. 
and most of that centers around there being sleeve jerseys. I love the fact that they're a nice look and they're not sleeved. You don't need to hit on that. <laughs> I, I appreciate are, you let me off the hook. We are disappointed the Flojos went away, even the players. Any, cha- any chance those might come back anytime well, soon? Yeah, you know, the good thing about the Flojos is they're, they're part of the hardwood classics. So, um, and that's where Hickory is a little bit different in the fact that um, no one's ever really worn it other than Jimmy Chitwood and the boys there in the movie. So, um, you know, it will be that will become our sort of official uh, pride jersey. But the hardwood classics, and, and as I look back, and, you know, I, I just detailed that I've been at multiple teams, I think the Pacers are one of those teams that have a lot of cool jerseys from the past. They've been a team that's actually changed the uniform look uh, from time to time. So whether it's Flojos or, or going back to, you know, when the team started in the 60s, I think we have a lot of designs we can pull out. And certainly the Flojos uh, are top of the list when it comes to, to popularity with the uniforms. Fans would kill me if I didn't ask you, is there anything in the works? for new uniforms in general for this team. To me, George Hill and Paul George, I know, have been pushing for them for the last two years. Sure. Well, you know, I guess here's how I'd answer that question. I think we have uh, the next three years are going to be really big for us. This first year, you know, we have Hickory and we can bring the spirit of Hickory to life and and really, um, I guess, re-educate people on what it means to have basketball in the state of Indiana and obviously us being Indiana's game, Indiana's team, us representing that to the highest levels. Next year is our 50th anniversary our 50th season with the Pacers. So that gives us a chance really to to look back over those those decades and be able to draw attention to some of the specific teams. And then the third year is really a chance for us to look forward. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I love it. The great Todd Taylor on the program. And, and one of the things you talked about changing the decor of Banker's Life Fieldhouse to decorate, I know the Pacemates will have a, a special look. And what I'm hoping for, too, is Frank Vogel gets a little pocketbook and uses, carries that on the sideline. We'll see about that one. Yeah, he'll, he'll, be, uh, he'll be channeling his own Gene Hackman there. Mm-hmm. Maybe, who knows, maybe he comes out in a cardigan sweater and a tie. I don't know. Um, you know, it, Frank's been really great with this, too. I think uh, we just had our, our media day on Sunday, uh, our marketing day, where they dressed in Hickory, and he was on camera. And it was really great to hear him talk about the impact of the movie. And, you know, he, he's watched it hundreds of times. So I think him being able to sort of uh, be ahead of a team that sort of has that spirit of hickory and and being able to live out sort of his own hickory moment from from finding his way to to the you know the the bench of an nba team um is pretty special so it's been great because he's been on board with it and um you know i I wouldn't be surprised frank's a a great guy if we ask him to to dress like that he'd probably consider it (laughs) and how on board is he he took the team to see hoosiers at a private showing before the season well exactly that was one of the that was one of the things we talked about with mgm when we first brought this up it's you know we're getting to the age now where um where kids have no idea what Hoosiers is, you know, and it was such a big movie for for us growing up, and, um, you know, some of the players on our team weren't even born when the movie came out. Actually, there's a a good number of them that weren't. So um, I I think the first thing Frank wanted to do is introduce them to what Hoosiers is and then what it means, um, because I do think that that he has a lot of those characteristics in him. So um, I I think that was the the, the first part of it. But what's been really interesting is um, how how really this partnership with MGM is is really refreshed Hoosiers in general. And, and the biggest way I see that is, you know, my 14-year-old son, Keenan, and my 8-year-old son, Ian, you know, they, they play NBA 2K16. And 
one of the things they do is they play with the Hickory uniforms. So they're in the game, and then that causes conversation. Like, even if you don't know anything about it, when you saw that, that first picture from George Hill come out, if you watch social media, someone would go, hey, really, really cool, what does it mean? And then you'd have somebody that would be more my age weighing in saying, hey, it's from the movie Hoosiers, you got to watch it. So now all of a sudden we have a lot of these kids that are interested in it again and, and watching it, and I think, by and large, our players felt like it was a, a pretty good opportunity, and um, they were happy that they were able to, to see the movie, especially with somebody so passionate like Frank. I'm about the opposite of Paul George when it comes to gaming. Don't even have a, a console at home. How, how does that work to get into a game? Was that something you reached out to an NBA 2K, said, hey, any chance we could do that? Or, or quite the opposite, they liked it and said, hey, we want to add this to our game. Well, you know, actually, it's, it's part of the NBA. Um, so when the official uniforms, if a team has an official uniform, then, then that that uniform can appear in that video game. So okay. it's really part of the licensing at the league. So, um, you know, I think last year we were able to have playing the Flojos. Uh, they were on the video games last year. So it's typically whatever the official uniform selection of those teams are um, that you can you can play with. So we're just really, really fortunate. Uh, and I'm not a big gamer myself, but, you know, it is certainly a way to connect with kids and, and be able to share with them not only kind of the coolness of the merchandise aspect of it, but hopefully then encourage them to, to learn the story and then that would connect them a little bit stronger to Pacers basketball. Pacers will wear the Hickory uniforms. Ten games this season, six times at home. You can come down here to the gift shop, get some um, for yourself. I think it's a perfect Christmas gift, honestly. For Me the, too. For those fans. <laughs> of course you say that, right? That's Todd Taylor, the Senior Vice President and Chief Sales and Marketing Officer for Pacers Sports and Entertainment. That'll do it for another Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast. Appreciate you listening in. And again, I welcome your feedback at Scott Agnes on Twitter or Scott at VigilantSports.com. Until next time, thanks for joining me.